Hi everyone, Ted here. I'm back with another podcast, and today I want to focus and discuss the rise and growing influence of Chinese investment into Latin America. This should be of particularly particularly concerning for the United States as previously under the Monroe Doctrine, which really was meant to prevent European powers from meddling in South America. We see a major geopolitical rival attempting to invest and acquire assets and influence in the backyard of the United States. And it seems that in the last few decades, China has been particularly successful in courting investment into these countries. Now, it depends in the long term whether the investment and relationship between Latin America and China will flourish, but China is certainly giving a serious stab at this opportunity for the time being. So let's discuss some numbers. In the year 2000, foreign direct investment from China to Latin America was estimated at about $12 billion. In 2019, that number had increased to $306 billion, which is a 30-fold increase. And again, $306 billion is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. All right, we also see that most of these projects have been focused upon infrastructure and energy, providing the tools and necessities that these developing Latin American countries need to flourish, such as dams for hydroelectricity, developing oil refineries, and also creating and helping mining projects be advanced, as many of these countries have vast natural resources of oil, gold, aluminum, and things along those lines. China has also recently become the second largest trading partner in the region. All right. And it is now the largest creditor for the Latin American region through entities such as the China Development Bank. All right. Chinese FDI is also exceeding 6% for some domestic investment in particular countries. And as I discussed earlier, the capital is more focused on infrastructure. China also seems to be pushing the Belt and Road Initiative. And I've discussed in previous podcasts the Belt and Road Initiative, but essentially that's a comprehensive plan to develop infrastructure across the world. In the past, it was mostly focused in Asia and key Chinese partners that China wanted to court influence with, such as Pakistan and Sri Lanka, but now it seems that China is going global with the OBOR and is really pushing other countries to join, especially in South America. Now, as I discussed earlier, South America is, again, one of the fastest growing markets for expansion for Chinese companies, and we're quickly seeing that China's expansion is not just related to infrastructure projects, but they're quickly testing new markets for their up-and-coming companies and technology. We see that China acquired a Brazilian ride-sharing competitor for about $1 billion, and they're going to be working with Didi in Brazil now to provide um, self-driving, not sorry, ride-sharing services. We also see the sale of technology, which is maybe particularly concerning to Quito, where they sold facial recognition capable cameras to the capital city. And, you know, we can see quickly how this could lead to issues 
as a lot of countries in South America are experiencing protests and civil unrest. And in Ecuador recently, they were having issues with um, their internal politics. And I think that having this technology to potentially regimes that are corrupt and could use this to harm citizens is of particularly concern. All right. What else did I want to discuss here? So as I mentioned, we do see the rise in the infrastructure sectors, particularly though it's more focused on a few countries. We see Venezuela. China has been investing there quite heavily, although it's been <clears throat> investing less recently due to the political unrest that is ongoing in Venezuela. We see, as I mentioned earlier, Ecuador is a major hotspot, as well as Peru, which is a very important now mining of raw material supplier, sorry, mater material supplier um, for China. All right, lots of Peruvian exports are going to China from the mining sector. However, as we've seen with other countries across the world receiving large amounts of Chinese investment, it seems that there is a lot of corruption going on, and the local people are not always 100% on board with these investments. All right, so I'm reading from an article here, but this is regarding to an investment in Argentina. The beginning of the construction for the Condor Cliff and La, La Barrancosa hydroelectric dams in Santa Cruz, Argentina, was without an environmental impact assessment. This led the Argentine Supreme Court to order the suspension of the project. So we do see that at high levels of government, corruption is a major issue. And in Argentina and others, I think it's likely to see some pushback from foreign governments with these projects, whether or not it's domestic politics and politicians playing what playing against each other for power, that could be assumed, but we also see that there is some pushback. And I think China would be wise to understand and look at the past in that South American protesters have been very successful in dislodging, you could say, foreign investment and preventing environmental degradation in many areas. We can see that in Peru, where the natives and some tribes have been suing Chevron for the exploitation of oil deep into the Amazon region. We've also seen protests of multinationals taking over water rights in Peru. And I think that the culture of you could say protesting in South America is very deep. One only needs, again, to look at the corruption in the past with many United States multinationals to see that the people in South America may not give up easily if they sense there are corrupt deals going on. And especially in the, re in the most recent few months in Latin America, we've seen protests breaking out in many countries and severe domestic political issues and economic issues, and I think that it would be wise for China to be thinking not only in the long and short term, but what are the potential issues for their investments in Latin America. They've had histories of nationalization and socialism there, and I think that perhaps China is overlooking the historical context of South American investment. 
All right, everyone, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.